like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey R. Star. Hello, hello. And this week is our last week of the McTurbo month, which is 80s action films. And we're ending it with Corey's pick of They Live from 1988. We'll get into our full review in just a little bit. But before we do that, Corey and I like to catch up with what we've been watching since the last time we recorded and see how we've been doing. So, Corey, how are you? You know, I just feel like everything is so busy anymore that everything feels like a Monday, and I'm just so glad that it's the weekend. The the singer? Ha, ha. <laughs> no, like, legitimately, it's mm. the weekend. <laughs> Although, doesn't he have something new coming out? I feel like I've been hearing some buzz, kind of. I think everybody's got something new coming out. I think you mentioned that earlier in our, our chats, uh, that this year has made a lot of musical artists really, like, you know, productive we've gotten a lot of new albums i mean taylor swift knocked out two that weren't planned like you know thanks t swift yes because i enjoyed both those albums yeah and also let's talk about like how many different people she has collaborating with her on those albums that a lot of them took out the time to make two albums with her i mean i hope and i'm sure she paid them handsomely but you know what i mean oh yeah and for some people like for me i'd never heard of the nationals before so i'm like who is this now oh my god i love them yeah, I thought it was a band Corey made up uh, for a long time. Um, <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah. I can't. Um, but I forgot how we got onto that specific topic. But, um, oh, The weekend. You were saying The weekend. You're glad it's The weekend. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did we get into music all of a sudden? Um, well, that, you know, I, I'm also glad it's The weekend. Uh, though, like, I, I realized uh, it's already February when we come back to work on Monday, which Ow. is kind of nuts that it's already been a month since the new year started. Um, uh, it's, you know, we got all sorts of crazy stuff going on at work. Uh, my, I'm the yearbook advisor, which I don't know if I've ever talked about on the podcast. I must have, there's like no way I could have gone this long and not mentioned it, but um, I've been the yearbook advisor for a long time. Uh, one of the longest reigning yearbook advisors for the yearbook company that I work for um, because it's the position that gets dumped on a lot of people who don't actually have a background in journalism and or graphic design. So most people like take it over, freak out after a year or two, and then they walk away. I've now, I think I'm entering my, uh, I think this might be my ninth year um, of doing yearbook. If It might be, it's eight or nine. I've done it for a long time. Um, and this is without question the hardest year ever because this school year does not resemble anything that's ever looked like school before. Uh, I've had, you know, half of my yearbook staff is online, half of it's in, on campus. Um, uh, but even then it's like they're online and they, they, it's, it's so eerily quiet in my classes because no one wants to talk on the zoom calls. Um, and, uh, we don't have a lot of people here to take pictures. And even then there's like all social distancing rules we have to maintain. And so it's, it's hard. You don't want to interrupt someone's class because again, Half of their students that might not be there. One teacher only has two students. One teacher's got 16 students. Like, it's all over the place. So it's just, it's been crazy. And I don't remember why I started talking about this. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, the The mind has wandered. And that is what's on my, on top of my brain right now is just 
Oh, I remember now. The February thing. We only have a month left, basically, before our yearbook is due. And we are Dang. nowhere close right now. And it is nerve-wracking. Um, and partly just, it's not my my staff's working. Um, I don't feel like it's that they're not trying. It's just, like, it's hard to fill pages when you don't have a lot of good pictures and content. And it's hard to get content when most of the people are not home or they're not responding to emails and whatever. Like, we're trying to do it and it is just it is without question the hardest uh thing i've done with yearbook at least um because you know normally like the yearbook staff they go uh, they'll bounce into a classroom they'll take some pictures they can come back and they can build something with that you know they find a story right now our story is like hey no one's here and that's you can't do that every single page in the book so it's 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 a struggle and the the time is flying and it's making it even more stressful because then you're just like oh boy we kept hoping there'd be an opportunity to, to like, well, maybe we'll have like a moment in the book where it's like everyone comes back and everyone's safe and vaccinated. And that may not be till next year's yearbook, uh, the rate we're going. So, um, yeah, it, it is. It's a crazy thing to be in charge of, but it's I normally enjoy it very much. It is this year is definitely a, a much, much more stressful year um, because of all. I mean, it's not just restrictions within the school. There's just so many there's so many things that are just different and hard and um, it's, I, I know it's not just me that that is a grateful thing is I've heard from my yearbook rep and from other yearbook advisors across this, uh, this, the company that it, they're all going through similar things and it's, it's no one's having it easy. Uh, so it's, it's just one of the many things. Cause you guys usually like probably take photos at like clubs or, yeah. you know, athletic meets and things like that too. And it's just, nothing's happening. And what we had hoped for was that we could convince like teachers and students to take pictures with like their phones or like screenshots, even of like zoom calls and that they would send them with us. But, and I don't blame teachers or students for that because they're not thinking about yearbook in those moments. They're thinking about their stuff, right? Like yearbook is our stuff, but we're not there to get the pictures right now. And they are, but they're not thinking about it. Cause that's not what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yeah, it's not a normal thing for most people to think that way. You're just living the moment. You're not thinking, Hey, I should probably capture this. So some guy I barely know can put it in a book that I may not buy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not the way it works. So yeah, it, it, it's constant struggle. And, um, but again, not, not really complaining. It, it's obviously we still have it better than, than a lot of other people who are in much tougher situations. Um, and you know the other thing too is hard to sell a yearbook when people are losing their jobs and are not sure if they're going to have a job and they don't know if they're sick or whatever like yeah and why don't you spend 55 dollars on a book that may not be very good because there's nobody here you know like it, it's or like why would i buy a book for my student who's at home right now he's not going to be in the yearbook in a in a meaningful way like we, we're trying to include everybody as much as we can but if they're not sending me pictures and they're not on campus or they're not playing sports, I'm not going to have pictures. It's just logistics, right? Like it's not a, it's not an intentional choice. It's just, we, you're not anywhere we are to get a picture of you. So uh, that's, that's definitely going to be a, a big challenge this year too. Um, just, it's, it's all crazy. That's why I play cards with my friend uh, because I get to distract myself from stuff like that for several hours. <laughs> And when I say I play cards, it's, it's nerd cards, everybody. I play Magic or uh, other deck-building type games. It's so. poker. It's totally gambling. I'm totally kidding. I know nothing about cards. Yeah, no, it's... it's. I mean, it's gambling, but not in the sense of gambling. Like It's like, hey, should I buy these cards that might be way overpriced and 
build a deck and play with them once a week <laughs> yeah why not yeah um you're saving money so many other ways yes uh but yeah um uh, and it is uh it's a co-worker everyone just so you know and florida has ridiculous laws about the pandemic so we're just kind of freewheeling it um we have to teach we both are teachers so we're already around each other and we're already around kids all the time we do wear masks and such but nonetheless it is still like we're not technically in each other's bubble, but we're kind of in each other's bubble. You know, like we, we're around each other enough where it's like, if he got it, I'd probably already have it. So, and vice versa. But, Fair. um, yeah, but otherwise I, I, it's been a fine week. Uh, it's been a fine month, I would say overall, other than the, you know, the crazy thing that happened earlier this month. But since then, the, the world seems to be somewhat, I don't want to, I'm not even gonna say it. You know what? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Just not in case. I don't want to. I don't want to be the, the reason it's, it stops. Like so, all of you people at the end of 2019 that were all excited for 2020 and you cursed us. Yeah, looking at you. Chill. <laughs> kept it chill then. Um, I didn't. But so that that sounds like how we've been doing. It, it got cold again here. It was like warm all week. And then last night it hit like 42. Okay. So first of all, we've had a very mild winter. I know that no one really cares. And also I don't leave my house. So everything's working out fine for me. But like during the winter, it gets kind of scary when you do need to drive because we get black ice and stuff. So it's like ice you can't see on the road. And um, so in case any of you guys are ever driving on that, you just drive like you're driving in a Florida monsoon, like those like crazy downpours. Uh, We don't hit our brakes. Um, But it's been unseasonably warm here like on monday and tuesday i think it's supposed to be in the 50s like low 50s but still you know yeah that's it's it's weird how it just i mean florida weather is always kind of up and down anyways but it's been really bad uh this year Mm. um but enough of the weather let's get into what we've been watching since the last time we recorded you want to go first or second this week Corey? i'll go first all righty okay So, I don't know why I keep getting sucked in, but it was on Shudder. I've actually been watching quite a few things on Shudder. Um, The Walking Dead World Beyond. Okay. I watched the whole first season. I liked it better. I watched in like a day and a half. Um, I liked it better than the other one that takes place in LA that I just thought I had finished, but um, damn Darn it, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, I like it better. I think the characters are a little better. It's hard for me when I don't really like anybody. I don't care about you. Um, Mm -hmm. So this was better on that front. Um, I watched the original A Stranger Calls. I actually think I like the remake better. Mm. I can't remember. I love the remake. Um, So there's my feeling on that. I watched, the day it came out, The Queen of Black Magic on Shudder, uh. and um, really enjoyed that. It's, I think Big Tuna told me to tell you to watch that, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Um, but here's the weird thing. I tried to do a little research and find out, um, because uh, I got the little email from Shudder about what's coming to Shudder in February, and... Uh, there's another movie from 1981 that's called The Queen of Black Magic, and it's also Indonesian, but it's from 1981. I don't know if I already said that. So I don't know if this is, like, based off of that, kind of. I don't know. Huh. 
But and then I was watching a not a very good show on Netflix, but I just like to have stuff going in the background sometimes when I'm on my phone. <laughs> it called Murderous Affair. And I wasn't feeling good yesterday, so that was going on for hours. It's not very good, but I did hear about some true crime cases that I hadn't heard of before. And one of them was committed by two porn stars, and one of them was from Florida. So there's that. Freaking Florida. Uh-huh. My name is Sunny Day. D-A-E. Wow. In case you guys want to Google it. Not not the porn, but about the story. It's kind of yeah. nuts. That's all I got. Okay. Um, so I have watched a few things um, since last week. Uh, one, I did watch the third episode of WandaVision. The fourth episode dropped the day we are recording this. I've not watched that yet. Um, I will watch it before we record next week. Um, I am enjoying WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Recommend it. Uh, it's if you like the Marvel movies. If you don't, or if you're like Corey and hate Elizabeth Olsen, <sighs> probably won't like the show. But I actually think it's one of her better performances. Um, so just throwing that out there. Um, so I've watched quite a few movies, though. Uh, watched The White Tiger on Netflix for a bloody awesome movie podcast, which our episode for that dropped this past Thursday. Um, please subscribe to that as well. If you like what we do here, you will most likely love what Matt and I do on that show. Um, we That show we review more recent releases, where here we do like whatever is on our gap list, basically. Um, but I checked that out. I finished The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I believe I started watching it uh, right before we recorded last week, and then I finished it the next day. That movie is great, and I was really surprised at what it was because I totally assumed the treasure of the Sierra Madre would be like an adventure movie where like they were hunting treasure with like a treasure map. It's not that at all. Like it is not that. It is way better, and um, it's more about like humanity and how greed can corrupt us, not about like some mystical treasure. Like it's it's more it's about like gold, like finding gold, but uh, there's no like hidden treasure type of gold. So it was I was definitely went in with a different expectation of what the movie would be and it's fantastic um i don't know if you remember in 2018 a uh, robert zemeckis film called welcome to marwin came out starring steve carell and um it was based on a true story and i've been meaning to watch the documentary since i saw that movie and i finally did um i watched marwin call which is about the real life guy um, and I watched it because Blank Check Podcast uh, reviewed Welcome to Marwin for the second to last Robert Zemeckis film before they moved to their new director. Um, Marwin Call, excellent documentary, is on Mubi, or uh, if you can get it on Canopy if you have a library card. Um, and most libraries seem to have Canopy at this point. But uh, then I checked out The Best Years of Our Lives because I am watching as many movies from the five that came back uh, directors. Um, and the best years of our lives is amazing. Um, I watched that on Canopy, and I did something I am not proud of while watching it, Corey. Okay. It's I found out when I started it, it's a three-hour movie, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, that's that's real long." And I got I got to go to bed, so it's like eleven o'clock, and I have half an hour left, and I see that Canopy has a feature where you can speed the movie up. To 1.5 or like two percent, so I, I I upped it to 1.5 to like move through. I would normally would never do this, especially not with a movie I've never seen before. But mm. I needed to reduce the time, so I I caved to that uh, sleep pressure. Um, I didn't want to watch it the next night. I had because I'm not sure how Canopy worked. I didn't want to check it out and then like not be able. I have to like check it out again or something. You know what I mean? 
Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm just, I have to finish it now. I don't like doing that anyways. You know, we've had that conversation. That's more your thing where you'll stop a movie and start it over. I like to watch time. it in one sitting um, as much as I can. Three hours and should be two movies, though. Yeah, but again, because it wasn't a movie I owned, I was apprehensive about like, what if what if Monday it went like away? I would have lost my mind, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, I had to finish it, and uh, so I upped it to 1.5. It does not change it as much as it could have. It definitely made some very serious moments either feel a little rushed because like i think it would have been sitting with the character quietly for a little longer but the speed you know makes it go faster and it does make some of their like walk off angry moments look silly because they're walking faster (laughs) but um but man what a movie it is super great definitely worth watching um then i watched uh, a frank capper film called it happened one night which is on the uh, i'm also working through the top 100 afi list which uh three of those movies that i've just mentioned are on that list um it happened one night Really, really good rom-com. It was my first time seeing Clark Gable because I've never seen Gone with the Wind. That's one of my big gaps. Um, and uh, partly because it's like three and a half hours long. Um, happened one night. Really good rom-com. Uh, directed by Frank Capra. Uh, then watch Swing Time, which is also on the AFI Top 100 list. Um, Swing Time is my first Fred Astaire film and Ginger Rogers uh, movie. that They collaborate a lot together. Um, didn't Didn't love it. And uh, there's a moment where Fred Astaire, his character in the movie, puts on blackface to do a performance. So both the character in the movie is wrong and Fred Astaire is wrong in real life for allowing this number to exist. But um, it might be one of the first times I've seen a character put blackface on to do like his ears. Like you see him starting to smear the makeup. And I was like, oh, no, what's he doing? I saw it coming, obviously. But I was like, no, I did not know that was in this movie. And yeah, Um so swing time, um, but uh, watch blind spotting for the seventh time. Um, I know this because of Letterboxd, and thank you Letterboxd for keeping track of how many times I've seen a movie. Um, love that movie. I learned some new things about it uh, just by watching it. Picked up on some stuff I hadn't picked up on before. Watch the movie we're about to talk about, and last, uh, I, I had to watch a movie for a, another podcast. Um, Matt and I are doing our uh, new episode of Astrology, and it happens to be 1996. And what we try to do is make sure we, uh, we've seen as many of the top 10 movies of that year that we can. And I had seen all but two. I've, and I'm not going to watch um, the, one, the live action 101 Dalmatians movie. Not going to watch it. So I will have missed one of the top 10 for 96. But I had never seen Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I watched that. And I like it. I don't love it don't love it but it's very good um i i don't think it has any real like super memorable songs i think that's what hurts it like to me like moana little mermaid uh beauty and the beast those those songs are still outstanding and let's be real frozen was it got overplayed but frozen was outstanding um with the songs and stuff but uh hunchback i'm just like yeah the songs are they're they're not bad it's not like they're awful but they're not like they're not songs I would want to listen to in the car kind of thing. Like where I literally just listened to the Moana soundtrack the other day. I haven't watched the movie since it came out, but I've listened to that soundtrack a lot. Um, so there it is. Uh, that's what I've been watching. Um, I would have watched a couple more things, but I've had a, a couple of nights this week where like I just it got they got away from me. Like Tuesday night, Thursday and Friday, I just had so much other stuff happening. Um, I did not get to watch any movies. So that's it, listeners. Uh, we will be right back um and when we return we'll get into they live from 1988 
Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. And we're back. They live. Uh, Corey's pick for last pick for the McTurbo '80s action films. Um, I had not seen this movie in a long time, and honestly, I don't know if I ever made it all the way through the movie. I realized this viewing. Um, huh. I I'd seen it a lot because it was on HBO or something when I was a kid, and I definitely knew like the major moments, but the end I did not remember. So either I never got there. Or it was just forgettable because the other stuff in the movie is is a little more interesting. I don't think that's the case, mind you. But as a kid, maybe I thought that. You know what I'm saying? Um, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, written by Ray Nelson and Carpenter. Um, stars Roddy Piper, Keith David, Meg Foster. And uh, there's a few other faces that are familiar. Peter Jason. Um, Jason Robards III. George Buck Flower. And I feel like there was one more person who I was like, oh, that's that one guy, but not seeing it here. Um, the synopsis reads, they uh, they influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realizing it. They live. Um, Metascore is a 55. IMDb user score of a 7.3. This is definitely one of those movies that uh, has a fan following. A lot of iconic imagery. Um, and... I, I was a big WWE fan uh, in 88. Um, granted, I did not see this movie in 88. I probably wouldn't see it till like the mid-90s. Uh, but I was always a Roddy Piper fan. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper from WWF days before they dropped the F and put an E. Um, and yeah, Corey, I'm really curious. I'd, I'd like to know, what did you think of this movie? Um, I knew some of like the, I guess I've seen some of the images and stuff. Um, but I've never seen the movie. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's one of his movies that I would necessarily go back. I'm not like jumping at the bit to go watch it again right away. Okay. Why, why not? What, what didn't appeal? (laughs) Maybe the six minute fight scene. I I love to like push it with our um our movie um you know whatever our theme is for the month I really like to push it sometimes and I don't know um I didn't really like that scene I thought it went on too long and also you're both supposedly in your 30s so <laughs> let's get your lives together um and I don't know Ah, John. I enjoyed it. I like the story. I think it has a lot to say. But I would be... I would rather go watch The Thing or Halloween, you know. Uh, You know, I had a realization while listening to you. um, You almost sound like I caught you off guard. But we do this every week. I know, and (laughs) this is planned. I know. (laughs) You're like, oh, you're asking me if I like this? I mean, what? (laughs) I never saw that coming. I had no idea. It's like the ratings at the end, guys. I I should know, but I'm not thinking about it. This is my brain. And sometimes you start. Is it so I'm prepared for the future? Am I going to go first every time that I pick the movie? 
I mean, if, if I've never seen it, I might be inclined to jump in first, but like, I'd like to get the, the fresh impression, right? Because okay. I, I went into this with an opinion. Again, I am admitting I maybe haven't seen all of it, but I definitely have, like, uh, I already went in knowing I liked it mm-hmm. because of the, the, the moments that I remember. I actually very much agree with the fight scene. I think it's way too long. And it's not even, like, I don't mind a long fight if it's compelling, but it did feel like two guys fighting, like, Put that on were 30 these sunglasses. Plus. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that always happens with wrestlers in action movies is they start throwing wrestling moves into the fight scenes. Like, like the very first uh, fight he gets into with the cops, he does a clothesline. Like, his opening move is a clothesline. You've never seen another person do a clothesline anywhere outside of wrestling or wrestlers in movies. Like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, not a wrestler, never done a clothesline because it's not a practical move in real life because bumping your arm into someone's chest does not knock them down unless they're wrestling and then they will fall down because they were told to like that's (laughs) you see i i promise watch watch the rocks first two movies guarantee you you get moves like that i know stone cold still does in his movies he still does wrestling moves because that's how they know how to fight that's what they are that's the, the way they choreograph but it doesn't look like normal fights because that's not what normal people do in a fight yeah, and so it, it is. It's and it gets redundant and long winded. And again, they do fight for a long time. It is a very long and kind of slow fight scene. However, um, I love Keith David and Roddy Piper in this, and the swagger that Piper brings to this character, Nada. Uh, I think it's is it Johnny Nada or John Nada, something like that. Um, I like Piper. I think he's got he's got charisma. That was always his thing as a wrestler. His charisma was what sold you on him. You believed he was a badass because he just owned it like he does. And I think I think he's good in this. I, I actually think he's a really solid. Um, I've seen some of his other movies. He actually, uh, do you know who Billy Blanks is? The, is he... the Tybo guy? You were yeah. correct, Corey. Yeah, he I was like, I know that name. Movies. He used to do 80s uh, action, 80s, early 90s, like martial art B movies. I did not know and that. He, and he did like two or three with Piper. I lived on those like when I was a kid. I loved martial arts. I watched everything that was on HBO. If there was martial arts in it, I was watching it. And so I'd seen Billy Blanks. And when when Billy Blanks got famous for Tybo, I'm like, that's the guy from that one movie. And like no one else knew what I was talking about because no one else watched those <laughs> movies. Um, and that's why he was, teaches Tybo. And that's why now Geico's sadly brought him back. And I'm just like, oh, poor guy. Um, oh. But him and Piper did several films together. And so I, I like Piper. His career as an actor never really went off, uh, which is true for most wrestlers who try to go actor. The Rock is the like big exception. John Cena is just a little underneath, but he's gotten some big roles. And obviously he's going to be in the Fast and Furious movies now, too. Um, he'll be in Fast 9 as Vin Diesel's brother somehow. Um, who the hell knows? But this movie has some great content. And what really freaked me out, though, was how... It feels to have its finger on the pulse of right now, like the idea of this messaging, um, and and yeah, and like the problem with capitalism, like it almost felt like we were watching a movie that was written for what what we've been hearing in the news, not a movie that's you know twenty two years old, and that was crazy to me. I was sending pictures to my my I have a couple of history teacher friends that I I use as like help me stay aware of politics because I'm not good at this, um, and. I was sending them pictures and they were like, what is this from? And I'm like, it's from this B action movie from the eighties. Like it's insane. Cause Carpenter, Carpenter, right. Carpenter has a sensibility. That's the thing. That's why it's not a B movie. It has 
B movie level like production and well no it doesn't because Carpenter's is really good at stuff like that like I love the the creature design of they um it's, it's so, so cool freaky. looking too right and like the choice to to show the glasses with black and white I actually didn't remember that because if you Google they live like and they you start seeing the pictures you see the shots from the end of the movie when it's in color oh. Um, and more so than the black and white, like you will find the black and white images too, but like, it just looks like someone Photoshopped them like black and white. Rather than being the Yes, exactly. And, um, but like I was sending them like, like stills and, and lines from this movie. Cause there's some really good, like quotable lines. And as an eighties action movie for this month, it nails it. Cause the one liners from <laughs> Piper are fantastic. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I have to tell you, like, sometimes Bill watches these movies with me. He has no idea what's going on. But he started reciting that line. I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. And it was two minutes after he was wa- asking me, what the hell I'm, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> he recited that to me. Yeah. It's an amazing line. Like, it is one of the best one-liners of all time. Um, and other movies have referenced it and parodied it. And that's the thing. I don't think um, everyone who has said that line knows where it came from, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's such a great line. Um, and there's some other ones that aren't quite as I, I, like they're not friendly for the podcast and uh, things like that. But um, I, my favorite line in the movie is this idea of like being a middle road character. Like Frank, who is uh, Keith David, says, "I've walked a white line my entire life. I'm not about to screw that up." And the the impression there is the white line in the middle of the road. He's walking down the middle of the road. He doesn't want to be on one side or the other. And uh, Nada responds with, "White lines in the middle of the road. That's the worst place to drive." In other words, you got to pick a side. You can't sit by while things happen and hope that you are left alone. You got to choose a side. Which I feel like our political turmoil over the last couple of years have said that too. You can't be neutral. You have to pick a side. Um, because neutral you're you're in the middle of the road you're going to cause more problems if you're not you know pushing towards good kind of thing and uh that again just really stuck out as a currently relevant idea and where this podcast and the movies we pick often we find like will insert themselves into other areas of our life like oddly like other people suddenly are talking about a movie that's 20 years old and like well is that a coincidence like what's the deal so I just taught the Truman show to one of my classes um, at, at my school. And while I was doing some digging for uh, some like videos, cause I like to show little clips of things and like other people's takes on the movie to help them kind of learn to, to look at film as more than just entertainment. Right. I came across a video where a guy matches, they live and the Truman show and says why they're the same movie at, at like, cause they're both talking about like capitalism and, and subliminal messaging and marketing and I was like, well, that's a really weird coincidence that I came across this video. That's the video I was going to uh, share with you and I forgot to send to you. Um, but like this weird parallel in my life, I watched the Truman Show. I watched They Live. And hey, guess what? They're both talking about the same thing. And then again, um, they're 10 years apart, too. So uh, 22 years later, They Live, still very relevant. Truman Show, twelve year, uh, 22 years later, sorry, uh, still relevant. Um, just crazy how uh, it's it's crazy and like it feels cool to discover that but at the same time then you're like oh but that means the same problems it's never gonna change for 32 years well it makes you i think that line i just read feel more important you can't you know you can't try to live your life like blending Mm. in and going unnoticed because then nothing changes you have to if you feel like something is wrong 
you have to take action otherwise you're just letting it continue um and so like there's i think there's a lot you can take from this and again this is an 80s action movie on its surface but there's a lot of really important political satire built into it agreed um what we'll do is uh listeners um we we have been spoiler free i think for the most part we might have we might have walked a couple of couple of close calls but let's uh give a spoiler warning and we'll get into some spoilers of the film guys from here on out we're going to talk about they live from 1988 in great detail you have been warned so pretty much up until the bank sequence i remembered and then everything after the bank sequence, I was like, I don't remember any. I think I stopped after. I think I, I thought the bank scene was the end when I got to like, when that scene came up, I'm like, Oh, I thought this was the end of the movie. Oh, so I'm, I must've never made it past that. Um, that's what I'm thinking is I, I got to that scene. I was like, yep, movie over and walked away. Um, because I did not remember anything else. There are some really bad posters, by the way, I'm looking at the IMDB and there's like posters from other like countries and stuff. And this one looks so bad. Like, it is real, real bad. Um, that one's cool. But, uh, yeah, one, Roddy Piper clearly had never shot a gun before. Because <laughs> he, he kills a guy literally just holding the gun pointed in the air, one-handed, like an AK-type gun. I don't actually know guns, listeners. But it's like a rifle, assault rifle-type weapon. And he's just, like, firing randomly into the air and hits the guy, apparently. And he's very... Like, yeah, I'm like, no, no way could you have hit somebody with the way you're holding that gun. Like, I don't know much about guns, but I played a lot of Call of Duty, and that's not how you shoot guns. Well, like, it went there's no way. To the air, and then it fell, velocity, you know. <laughs> I don't really know. Yes. Um, but uh, that poster, I swear, that's that's freaking. Um, Which one? Andre the Giant's image. Uh, there's a Mondo poster, um, and it says. Well, maybe not. It says Mondo and Obey present. Oh, no. Okay, it is Mondo. Mondo and Obey present. They live. And it says Obey. And then the the speaker, like, it's like one of the, the creatures holding up a car. But that's the Andre the Giant image that's been used for many things. So I don't know if that's, like, a Roddy Piper connect. There's He's not in it, uh, Andre the Giant. So I don't know what that is. But interesting looking thing. Um, oh, so... At the uh, uh, also another cool thing about this movie that's worthy of note is that um, Nada sacrifices himself, and you don't always get that with '80s action heroes, right? Where they're like willing to, to for the greater good to lose themselves. I mean, that's you always want to believe they're willing to do that, but usually they don't do that, right? Like they don't. They're too good. They overcome the odds, no matter how hard. Well, they have to have that's, sequels. True. That's not untrue. And this one was not, that's not Carpenter's MO. Cause even with the Halloween franchise, Carpenter had never planned on uh, it being what it became. Right. Um, but uh, not a sacrificing himself. And then that like reveal that it breaks the signal and now everyone can see uh, the, they um, it is revealed through some funny moments. Uh, the probably the worst of is the girl having sex. Um, so good. And then seeing the guy, yeah, and he's like, what? I love the one where he's sitting in the... I mean, first, he, they're in this newsroom, and yeah, the two newscasters all of a sudden, and then the guy in the bar, I thought the one in the bar was... I thought they were all good. Yeah. It was a Carpenter's specialty, right? And that's the first time we see them in uh, color, I think. Um, I think so. Cause I think everything up, up to that point was through the contacts or the glasses. 
Also, I, I didn't remember the contact part either. Um, and I, I want to point out too, I, I've never worn contacts. I am terrified of contacts. Yeah, the I idea can't of put like things playing. in my eyeballs. But I've seen other people do it, and I've seen it done in other movies and stuff. They, the way they do it, looks like they're trying to eat like oysters. Like they held the the containers like way too close to their eyes. Like they were gonna like <laughs> dump them in. And like I'm like I'm pretty sure you just put it on your finger and like and put it just, on your eye. I, yeah, swoop it in. Yeah, I don't think you have to like dump it because there's like liquid in there. Like that would be bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the little, little things like that are really funny, and and that's where there's like the B movie aspect of it. Even the, the action itself is a little B movie. Um, the only other Carpenter action film that I can think of, I mean, I guess you could argue, um, uh the thing as an action film but it, i think more horror with that yeah. but uh escape from new york um matt and i watched for the oh, uh yeah. i think we watched it for the vampocalypse um we were not big fans uh we didn't dislike it but we also weren't like we didn't think it was very actiony but it is like an action movie but it was kind of <laughs> slow and a lot more a lot more story than we were ready for um and that this movie has a lot of story but i feel like it moves pretty quickly like things happen and they happen quick and then like um like i don't know again i like i do like piper so i just even though i do think he's not a great actor i just like his presence and i think it works really really well i think carpenter uses him perfectly um i like keith david a lot actually i, I don't think keith david gets used enough in movies a lot of times he's just like a you know background character he's in he's in there but he doesn't get a lot to do he got a lot to do here could have had a little more to do because uh, he does kind of vanish for a good chunk of the movie, and then that's what the, the fight happens when he runs into him in the alley. Um, but then he's once he once he's once the fight happens, he's in the movie. He's locked in as a co-star. Um, but yeah, but you know, the the good guys, the guys we're rooting for, don't make it, but they do save the day. At least that's what we're led to believe that they've they've at least freed us. We were able to see the truth. Yeah, I really liked, um, <laughs> I was like, John Carpenter must really hate Matt, you know, admin. <laughs> but then it's also funny because he is too, he's also selling a product, you know? Yeah, there's always a level of hypocrisy and or um, potential reverse propaganda, right? Like, this is propaganda against propaganda. Like, don't fall for it. But listen to what I'm saying, because, wait, shit, uh, same thing, you know? Um, Word. And that, that honestly, it's like it's always a very thin line between propaganda and like a messaged movie, you know, like because it's if you're trying to convince people to, to feel the way that you feel or to think the way you think you're leaning into the propaganda machine. So it's like you, you have to be mindful of that, too. And um, he's definitely walking the line there. I it's so I there are just so many. I was just like while we were talking, going through some of the stills from the movie and the like the aliens are just so comical and mm -hmm. the way they look the way that like they don't have any facial expression but they do i don't know where they're just like yeah. cannot believe you um and they kind of remind me of like corpses yeah they have like a zombie corpse thing going they're they're no terrifying lips. yeah they i mean i i just think that he does i mean you know hot take as you would say but like such a good job like with really i think he pushes it with like creatures and stuff yeah 
I'm like, I agree. I mean, that's why the thing is so amazing, right? Like, anything it, you've like, ever seen before. And I, I just realized Keith David's in. Is he in the thing too? I think he is. I'm so Carpenter must so many times. Must like him. Uh, Unless I am wrong. No, I'm right. I am correct. He's the he's the other main guy. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. So yeah, David and Carpenter clearly had a good connection there in the '80s. Um, Again, I like Keith David. I think he's he's fantastic. So um, it didn't click about that until just now, though. When I was talking about, I was like, oh wait a minute. Um, yeah. uh, Oh my God, he was in the Roadhouse too. Wasn't he? Oh, I I blocked the Roadhouse out. For it. I <laughs> it just came up. I like Googled Keith David. I haven't watched the thing in a while, but I do love it so much. I'm gonna watch it after oh. this. I, huh. I I'm a pretty big John Carpenter fan. Like I I like um the thing a lot. I like I love that movie. I love Halloween. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, um. The Fog, which is, oh, a lot of other people maybe aren't, but you and I are both big fans of. Um, I not as much for Escape from LA. Honestly, I think Escape from LA or uh, sorry, Escape from New York. Escape from LA is the hated sequel. Uh, Escape from New York. I to me, and I am a big Kurt Russell fan. I just did not vibe with that movie, and I loved watching They They Live. I was like, and I will say, part of it is kind of the the culture we're currently oh. finding ourselves in. I was like really embraced. The, that part of this movie and I, th- I definitely was like I was excited talking to my friend about it um, who had not heard of it now she was like I gotta watch that I'm like yeah yeah you definitely should watch that but I'm like, at the same time you may not like it because it is kind of still like super violent and not violent because it's like the violence is very movie and fake but at the same time there's people shooting a lot of people getting killed um, and uh, it's silly it's definitely got some B-movie moments where there's stuff that is just like like um, when the raid happens on the church, like the that whole community, I love the look of that sequence. Like it really looks like post-apocalyptic all of a sudden. Like the lights are red and it's just it, you know, um, has almost a Terminator vibe. But he he walks out and we see like the the blind guy, and I think the other two like heads of the church are being cornered by the police officers, mm-hmm. and like Nada walks by them and they don't seem to care that he's right there. And then he finds the kid like cowering in the corner. And he grabs them and they start running and then the cops are after them I'm like, well, hold up. Like none of the cops gave two craps a second ago. Why do they suddenly care? And then like, but it became apparent the cops were there to like get everybody. There was no, no one was safe. But initially it looked like they were only after certain people. But um, so there's little things like that that feel oh. actually that whole sequence when he's escaping reminded me of like going through a, like the haunted houses at Universal because it was very <laughs> linear and they were getting trapped in. I know. It's been years, even before the pandemic, that we went. But uh, we went regularly for like what four or five years, yeah, uh, in a row. And we it's Ugh. been it's been probably three or four since we last went. I bought a house and got four. Um, I also wasn't thinking, but we love Starman. That I knew there was one I wasn't pulling up, but yes, uh, excellent movie. I didn't really like Prince of Darkness. Um, I I don't think I've seen that one. Um. Yeah, I don't think I've seen some of his older. Like I haven't seen all of the Village of the Damned remake or In the Mouth of Madness or. That's on my radar. In I've the seen Mouth vampires. Of is one I've been meaning to watch. I've seen vampires, but in '98, I liked it at the time. I don't think it'll hold up. I've seen Ghosts of Mars, um, and then, um, I saw Christine. Oh, I just watched Did that you? not too long ago. 
I don't see it on. Oh, there it is. I saw it as a kid, and I don't know that I. I oh my god! I forgot Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know how. I freaking love that movie. That's my favorite Carpenter action movie. I take it back. That is the best. Then I think this movie, and then I would go Escape from New York. Like, uh, oh my god! I love Big Trouble in Little China. I do not know why that did not pop into my brain, but I absolutely adore that film. It, um, we own it, but I'm trying to remember the name of it. But I love uh, anthologies. Ha ha! Body bags that he did for yeah. I think HBO or Cinemax. One of them is. I have not watched that one, Pretty but it's great. on my radar. I tried to... Some... Oh, go ahead. No, I, was, I think someone uh, is in it from... Oh, oh Peter J- Peter Jason, who is the uh, the guy, the head of the church guy, is in um, his his movie, The Gas Station, like on, on Body Bags. Oh! oh and George Buck, who's also in this movie, is also in Body Bags. So two of the guys oh from this or in that i do like i noticed that when i was looking at their filmography sorry no sometimes i get tired like when it's like too much and it happens like with every single movie when a director works with the same actor actresses i'm looking at you helena bonham carter johnny depp and tim burton but um i like when you do see it like you know sometimes like you can tell that they have a relationship and they like working together yeah, um, I, I love that. I like seeing patterns in films and stuff like that, so I, I'm all about it. Obviously, that's been a contentious point between the two of us because I like to do the theme months because of the, the like, hey, look at all these cool patterns, and you're like, ah, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. Like, but, but that's a pattern. Like That's, what <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Chaos. But again, I'm looking for that, and you're like, I don't need that. So it's a different, you know, different strokes for different folks is what they say um i i i really i find this movie entertaining i don't know how often i would throw it on but if this were the old days and it were just on like hbo or like another curated network i would not turn this off yeah i would totally throw this on in the background and let it play um because again you're gonna get those moments where you want to watch where you're like when he's like I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. I'm going to look up every single time he says that, you know, my eyes are, gonna, he only says it once. Listen, I'm just saying every time it was on my TV, I would stop what I'm doing and watch that scene. Cause it's great. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a must see film. I think it has a lot to say. I just don't know how much, how often I would watch it either. Yeah, I actually am going to kind of lean that way, too. Um, I would say probably more of a not quite golden, like as far as like what I want to watch. But I think it's a film everyone should check out again. Um, it knows what it is. It's not trying to be more. But at the same time, it does have some really intelligent stuff going on. And that is what makes movies great that you can have kind of this schlocky action film and yet have this kind of deeper commentary on the society that's going on. It's just and Carpenter uh, is masterful uh, with so many things. So. It's, it's a good time. It's super fun. Piper is amazing. Um, it's definitely using Piper the best he's used on, on camera uh, outside of the WWE. So check it out, listeners, if you haven't seen it. Um, of course, we've spoiled it, but it's not. It's, there's so much to experience in this movie. I think it's okay if you know the ending. Um, but that's it. That's our review of They Live. Uh, that is also the end of McTurbo. We are moving into a new theme in February. And usually we do some type of love because February is Valentine's Day and that's what we always think of. And so this year's no different. 
In fact, I'm super excited, though, because the big difference is it's not romantic love that we're going for. It's bromantic love. Bad bromance. Or... <laughs> I'm kidding. Bromance. Yes, no. Uh, we're looking for bad bromances in the month of February. Not necessarily bad, to be honest. Let's be real. Um, I just and I got first pick. Think of that Lady Gaga bad romance. Yeah, I totally heard it as soon as you said it. I knew exactly what you were referring to. Okay. So... For the month of February, uh, we're doing bromance. That's our theme. And with that, we've picked movies that are uh, centered around a bromance. And I picked The King's Speech first, which is what we'll be watching next week, The King's Speech. Um, I didn't know it was a bromance until I did some searching, but it's supposed to be. And it's one I've, I've been meaning to watch for a long time. So I'm excited to check that off the list. Uh, then we're returning to the 80s for Tango and Cash. I think it's an 80s movie, I'm pretty sure. Um I saw that as a kid. I have not seen it ever since. So I'm excited to go back to that one. Um, then we are uh, watching The Fisher King, which is a movie I didn't know existed because it's Robin Williams and uh, Jeff Bridges, right? Um, I think it's Bridges. I- I'm just like, wait, how did I not see this? Um, because I'm a big Robin Williams fan. Yeah, it's Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. And I'm a big Jeff Bridges fan. So I'm very excited to check this movie out. And then... Uh, we're ending with are you sure you haven't seen this we've talked about it but i haven't seen it oh i could have swore we did an episode on it. i i've seen this a few times i've actually taught this movie so i'm excited to uh to to inform me of all the things i know butch cassidy and the sundance kid and you know what's the most important thing about that movie Corey? sundance film festival came from it, it did and i didn't realize it until i was halfway through this movie <laughs> i was watching it for the first time i was like Oh my God, I just realized why it's called Sundance. Um, so yeah, that was a thing that happened to me a while ago. But um, that's our month of February. We're going to be watching King's Speech, Tango and Cash, The Fisher King, and Butch Cassie and The Sundance Kid. We'd love to hear your thoughts on our McTurnbow month or what's coming up in bromance. So hit us up on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two hours on the end. If you like what we're doing here at Movie Club, we ask that you take a few minutes, rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us so that they too can listen and enjoy our shenanigans. Um, In the meantime, I encourage you to wear a mask, to stop the spread, and keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.